Hello, and welcome to Newcom. My name is Joel Stell. My family and I have been attending Newcom for over a decade. We've always loved being a part of KidsCom and miss how much our now two-year-old son, Mateo, would enjoy playing with the other kids. I've always had many interests and hobbies from competitive running to drawing, knitting, and now, most recently, thanks to quarantining, woodworking. From our family to yours, we hope that you enjoy today's service from wherever you may be. We love you and miss you, Newcom. When Jesus is born to Mary and Joseph, God is there. When Jesus is presented at the temple, God is there. When Simeon holds Jesus in his arms, God is there. When Anna recognizes Jesus in the temple, God is, God is there. there. This very morning, God is here. In the future we cannot see, God is there. Let us worship God, the God who loves us and is here in this very moment. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Good morning, new community. Glad you are here with us. I have just one quick announcement, and it's an announcement that uh, something our staff and elders are very excited about. We mentioned this last weekend, and in fact, our small group leaders received an email with further details this week, uh, but it's the announcement about our upcoming DIY retreat. It's a two-day self-guided retreat. All materials will be provided. This includes different readings, videos, podcasts, and self-guided reflections along the way. 
We will also provide a full schedule that will help guide you as to how to, how to uh, approach the two days that you'll be on this retreat. Now, this is going to be an incredible opportunity for you to actively pursue your spiritual growth in an intentional way. All you need to do is schedule away the time, be present, and willing to learn. You can go about it as an individual or with a spouse, with a friend, even as a small group if it can be done safely and distanced. But regardless of how you go about it, we've scheduled the retreat to take place on two different weekends, the last weekend of January and the first weekend of February. This was done to allow maximal flexibility so that if you need to find childcare uh, or swap ch- uh, kids with somebody else in your small group, that can be done. Uh, or if you need to change a work or school schedule this way, you can choose which weekend to go about it. But it still orients our community to experience this retreat at the same time. We hope any and all will participate. A sign-up can be found on our website. Like I said before, if you have questions, you can reach out to your small group leader or you can reach out to one of our staff. Uh, We're very excited and we're hopeful that this will be a great way uh, to move our community forward early on in this year. And one more thing before we get into our message this morning, I wanted to highlight one of our values. We try to do this at different times and in different ways throughout the year. And so this morning, I wanted to take a brief moment and remind you of the value of generosity. The way that Newcom defines generosity is like this. Intentionally living sacrificially with our physical resources, acknowledging that everything belongs to God. We choose to practice contentment by living within or below our means in order to have more to give away. This creates a countercultural movement that demonstrates that God's kingdom is at hand. As with all of our values, our belief in and practice of generosity drives many of the decisions we make as a church community. In the same way, we hope and pray this value helps to form the way we as people, as individuals and as families, make decisions with the resources that are entrusted to us. A few weeks ago, I offered an update as to our 2020 financial picture as an organization. Given the difficulty of the year that so many had, we were grateful to be in a position where we would finish our fiscal year essentially breaking even. Newcom, we may not be known as the biggest or most creative or most polished church around, but let me praise you here for a moment by saying our church community is known to be incredibly generous. Let me share one quick example. On the first day of Advent, in partnership with Lumen High School, we challenged the community to provide pajamas and a book with a handwritten note for teen moms and their kids in our community. We hoped we could come up with 40 sets, and in a matter of 24 hours, all 40 plus a few extra sets were accounted for, and within two weeks, all were purchased and delivered. This may not seem like much, but for the students and kids that received these gifts, it was an incredibly powerful movement of our community, and it was incredibly generous. And here's another one. Although I don't have all the hard numbers in hand, I do know that our tithes and offerings for the month of December were significantly greater than the months previous, and we will actually finish the year in the black and start 2021 with a modest reserve. Again and again and again, I am blown away by the commitment 
and the generosity of this community. As we step into what will certainly be an extension of a trying and strange year, my prayer is that we as individuals and as a church community continue to intentionally live sacrificial lives and be known for our generosity. Now, let me introduce this morning the one and only Russ Davis. Good morning, new community. Today, I bring you good tidings of great joy to you this day in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, good tidings of great joy is language we tend to reserve for the Christmas season. As many of you know, on January 6th, we celebrated Epiphany. On this day, we remember and celebrate the vision of God that has become manifest in Jesus, the Christ child. Epiphany falls annually on January 6th, 12 days after Christmas. It is the day you're supposed to get 12 drummers drumming. Now, the origins of the Feast of the Epiphany are historically complicated and disputed. We might think of it as a kind of peace offering from the Western to the Eastern Church, with the 12 days of Christmas representing a bridge between the the two traditions. In the early church, the Feast of Epiphany originally celebrated the birth of Christ. However, when the 25th was designated as the birth in the West, Epiphany became the day to celebrate three great events. First, we commonly remember the arrival of the wise men in Bethlehem, who brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Jesus. Additionally, we use the season of Epiphany to recall the baptism of Jesus and the marriage feast of Cana. Now, we are starting a series on Jesus, and each week we are focused on a different word that we believe captures something magnificent about Jesus or a significant moment in the life of Christ. Joseph started us off with the idea that Jesus is unique, that there's no one like him, that the uniqueness of Jesus makes him worthy of worship and praise. The word that I want to focus on today captures a moment of Jesus, and that word is manifestation. The word epiphany means manifestation or revelation, the making known or the manifestation of Jesus. The visit of the ancient wise men or the Magi is celebrated as the time that Jesus as Messiah was revealed to the Gentiles. The Christmas story as a whole is seen to symbolize the spread of the gospel, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles, first to the poor, then to the rich, first to the ones who kept the temple flocks, then to the astrologers. It is the Magi who are alluded to in the Old Testament reading in Isaiah, which states this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. A multitude of camels shall cover you. All those from Seba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. 
Isaiah 60, 1 through 2, and verse 6. This morning, I want to take a few moments and talk about the need we have, as the text I just read says, to have the Lord rise upon us and his glory to appear over us. Basically, to have an epiphany, a manifestation of Jesus, a moment when you suddenly feel that you understand or suddenly become conscious of something. Without the sake of sounding dramatic, I have felt for some time that I have experienced or heard of far less moments when people become consciously aware of something profound. Far less moments of Jesus being made manifest among us, surprising us, revealing himself to us. Now, this could be the nature of the last year we experienced, or it could be a sign of something we do not have. I once heard someone say, why doesn't anything epiff on epiphany anymore? Why doesn't anything epiff on epiphany anymore? Now, that is a question born of desire. It is an acknowledgement that we seek something we don't have. We want something different. We are aware of an absence. Something seems to be missing. I don't mean our life is defective or deficient. I just mean there is the recognition that at times in our lives, we experience absence. In whatever ways these get expressed or experienced, it touches a longing or desire within us, a desire to suddenly become conscious of something. Now, I believe that the Magi offered two clues when it comes to a manifestation. Those clues are seeking and warning. I believe epiphany begins with seeking and ends with a warning. Here's what I mean by epiphany begins with seeking. The Magi are intent on finding the Christ child. They set out on a long and difficult journey, the text says. In Matthew 2, verses 1 through 2, it states this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. There is a seeking, an expectation of worship. Perhaps one of the reasons for the lack of epiphany is that for the most part, we no longer expect Christ to be made manifest. We have stopped looking for the revelation of Jesus as God's Son. The Magi were full of expectation. The early church was full of excitement and anticipation. They anticipated the return of Christ at any moment, but they also desired and expected present manifestations. Perhaps today, we have lost that sense of excitement and expectation. The early church celebrated Epiphany with the emphasis on God's present manifestations to us and the expectation of God's future and ultimate revelation. The point wasn't to remember history. It wasn't to celebrate the birth of Jesus as a thing that happened or to remember the history of our faith. It was to celebrate what was about to happen. We have to get back to seeking. 
to anticipating the presence of Christ. And that seeking begins with prayer. It begins with an awareness. Prayer that tells God how much we would like to have God stop by, how much we would like to have God make himself known, to reveal himself among us. It's asking God to be revealed in your coworkers while in traffic through your clients or your customers. It's asking God to show up in the people you're caring for or the mundane tasks you're accomplishing. It's asking God to speak to you through music, in teachings, or through others in the community of faith. If you're not expecting God's manifestation, if you don't expect God to appear or to speak or to invade your heart, if you're not looking for God at every turn and listening for God in every voice, chances are there will be less epiphanies. The point of celebrating Epiphany is to be reminded that God appears miraculously to us in places and in ways that we do not expect. That way, we may be prepared when God does it again and may be able to recognize God coming to us. Now, before moving to point two, it's important for us to notice this. With all of the events celebrated during this season of Epiphany, they all took place outside of established religious structures. There is a tendency for us to look to find God simply in religion or in religious structures. But it is in these moments outside of that that the epiphany took place. It's the Gentiles from a foreign land journeying with gifts to offer a two-year-old king. It's a religious rebel and fanatic who eats locusts and honey, who baptizes Jesus. It's a wedding reception where the guests are drunk. These are the moments when God appears. Perhaps this is the way God still appears. He's made manifest when you least expect it and where you least expect it. Be seeking, be anticipating. I'm convinced if we're not expecting to see God revealed every minute of the day, in every place we go, and among every person we meet, we were, are likely to miss God's manifestation. And then we find ourselves unmoved and unchanged. The second thing that I think speaks to us about Epiphany is not only does it begin with seeking, it ends with a warning. After the wise men have seen the Christ child and given their gifts and worship, God gives them a warning. The text reads in Matthew 2, verses 11 and 12, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now the dream warns them not to return to King Herod, and they go back to their own country by a different road. The visit to the Christ child ends with a warning. Don't go back the way you came. Now this is a profound idea. 
once God had been made manifest to you, once you have met the Christ child, once you've seen the dove descend and recognize Jesus for who he is, the Messiah, once you have seen water turn to wine, you must not go back the way you came. Once the epiphany has occurred, that moment when you suddenly feel that you understand or suddenly become conscious of something, don't go back the way you came. This message of the Magi should serve as a warning that things will be different now. The old way will not satisfy. To experience a manifestation of God in Christ requires that we turn from our former way and go out by another way. The way you came is not the way you should return. It's a simple truth, and yet it is ignored by many people every day. We engage with church, sing songs, say creeds, and remember the astounding news of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. We hear of the steadfast love of God. We are reminded we are his children. We are told of his expectations and his grace. And then we have the tendency to return the same way we came, to continue on the path unchanged. But God is a God of transformation. God is a God who continues to reveal God's essence and spirit among us. The message of Epiphany is that the revelation of God is more than a one-time event. It is not that Jesus came once and that was it. It's not that we just have one time in our life when God shows up. This is an ever-occurring experience if we are seeking and if we choose to not go back the way we came. Now, I understand some of us don't know exactly what it is we're after. We just have a feeling that something is missing. But it is this experience of absence and the accompanying longings and desires that can serve as a beginning of an epiphany. I have heard epiphanies described not so much as an aha, I got it kind of moment, as it is an aha, it's got me kind of moment, a moment that awakens us to something deeper and fills the absence in such a way that we transform and travel along a different path. Epiphany makes these things clear. We have to come with a willing spirit, with a longing, with a seeking, a prayer, a desire to worship the Christ. We have to come anticipating that God will be encountered beside you in the streets, in the sacrament of communion, in the scriptures, that God will be encountered in offerings and in song in prayers, and among our neighbors. We come seeking the God in our midst, and we choose to leave by a different path. We choose a new way home, a new way forward. May this epiphany season seek to worship the Christ child like the Magi. May we find we encounter God in the mundane and around every corner. And may we refuse to go back the way we came. Amen.
Almighty God, your spirit swept over the waters of creation. You are sweeping over us now, creating something new. Call us away from the distractions of the world to experience what you are doing now, in us, through us, and in our world. Open us to a new awakening, a new beginning, where we look through the lenses of the goodness of your creation, experience all the possibilities in you. Turn us away from the negative lenses and and lead us into the light. In the name of Jesus, who leads us into life, we pray, amen. New community, may this holy season be for each of us a time of moving beyond what is reasonable and toward the star of wonder. Moving beyond grasping tight to what we have, to unclenching our hands and letting go, following the light where it leads. Moving beyond competition and toward cooperation, seeing that all humans are sisters and brothers. Moving beyond the anxiety of small concerns, towards the joy of justice and peace. May the transforming acceptance of Mary and Joseph, the imagination of the shepherds, and the persistence of the wise men guide us as we seek the truth, always moving toward the divine promise, always aware God can be hidden in the frailest among us, always open to the unexpected flash of grace, to the showing forth of that love that embraces us all.